and welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the Future of Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely patient and public involvement and engagement group. Welcome to today's episode. I'm joined by David and Amy to talk about flash radiotherapy. So we're going to find out what this is and how the introduction of flash can impact treatment. For this series, we always get one of our patient representatives here to ask the questions that you would want to know about and to discuss the perspective of our patients and the public when considering new research. So first of all, let me introduce David fernandez Antaran who's the lead of the Laboratory of Radiation Biology and Cell Cell Competition at the Gordon Institute in the University of Cambridge. He's the co-chair of Flash Radiotherapy Working Group in the UK, and his laboratory studies how tissues respond to radiotherapy treatments. This is not only tumours, but also normal healthy tissues in order to develop more effective tumour-killing radiotherapy and less aggressive with with the healthy surrounding tissues. Hello. And we have Amy, one of our patient representatives from our RADNET patient and public involvement group. She's uh, recently had treatment for cancer behind the left face, so the salivary gland, which is next to the pharynx. And this tumour was removed by surgery and she had some radiotherapy to reduce the chance of relapse. Thank you so much for joining me today. David, could we find out a little bit more by what we mean by flash and what flash radiotherapy is? Uh, oh. So uh, basically, when we talk about flash, we're talking about uh, the dose, the dose radiotherapy is working. We basically have conventional radiotherapy, which is in, a, in the normal doses of radiotherapy. We don't have to talk about numbers, but just to, to give you a, a kind of idea, so if we talk about two, three units per, per minute, which is conventional radiotherapy, here we are talking about a thousand units per second. So you can imagine you know, the difference between flash and conventional. And basically flash is called, because of that is called, called ultra high dose radiotherapy. It's been working in flash, to be honest, since the late fifties. So it's not something really, really new. The fact is that they found that when they were posing very simple organisms like bacteria to really high doses of radiotherapy, or in this case, ionizing radiation, which is basically what radiotherapy means. They saw that the, the bacteria were less damaged compared to being exposed to normal conventional doses of ionizing radiation. So they were starting looking at this, let's say, phenomenon. And then they found that it was a matter of depleting oxygen in the in the tissues or basically in the organism. So in the, in the 19, in 2019, it was the first patient and the only patient treated uh, so far with flash radiotherapy. And basically it was a T-cell cutaneous lymphoma patient. And they were able to cure the patient with the radiotherapy with flash. And the most interesting thing was that they found that flash was basically killing the tumor in the same way normal radiotherapy was able to kill the tumor. But the, 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 let's say the advantage of this flash treatment was that the, the flash radiotherapy was not affecting much the normal tissue, the surrounding healthy tissue, 
which usually in conventional cryotherapy treatments is provoking the typical, say, side effect or toxic effect of cryotherapy. So this is basically what I can tell you just as an introduction about what FLASH means. Brilliant. Thank you. And my sort of understanding was we have quite a long way to go with FLASH research, but from what you've just said, it's been around for quite a long time. So what sort of treatments could be impacted by the introduction of FLASH or, or is it too early to tell? A bit early to tell, that's true. But just, just, just to clarify, so it's been known, the FLASH effect, which is called the FLASH effect, it's been known since the 60s, but it's only been you know, applied or more interested to, uh, to be applied in radiotherapy treatment since early years. So it's quite novelty in terms of people looking at this as a proper radiotherapy treatment compared to the, the conventional ones. So basically, one of the main advantages of FLASH is that we can deliver huge amount of radiation to kill the tumor, which is basically the, 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 the purpose of radiotherapy, but, but we can reduce a lot the normal tissue toxicity. And that's because we reduce a lot the, the time the cells or the tissue is exposed to radiation. We're talking about milliseconds. So basically for the patient will be a great improvement in terms of spending time in the clinic to be exposed to radiotherapy. So that would be a great improvement in, in, in radiotherapy treatments. The thing is, we still are a bit far from using flash as a proper radiotherapy treatment because we are still at the, let's say, the beginning of understanding how flash works. Because there are several theories, there are several hypotheses how flash radiotherapy works in these tissues and how we are killing tumor but not affecting normal cells. And one of the theories is about uh, how oxygen works in all this phenomenon. But there is still a lot of, lot to, lots of experiments and, and discussion about these, these theories. So we are in the lab heavily involved in these FLASH studies. We are trying to understand how FLASH is affecting patient tissues in culture, in vitro. And we have some really interesting results. Actually, yesterday we got them. So basically, uh, we're trying to find to find the, the 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 way of saying okay, flash is working in this way, and then applying that to the patient in a more safe safe way. Another issue with flash is also that the the equipment, as you can imagine, to deliver such a huge dose of radiation, is really expensive and difficult to to have. So there are not many places in the UK actually with flash technology, and those who have it who have it, they only use for research. So it's not yet. In the in the clinical practice. So yes, yeah, so you answered your question. Sorry for being so so long in my in my answer. So basically, we are still far. We are still quite far to to be able to implement this this radiotherapy technique in in the clinic. Yes. Thank you for such a great explanation. So this leads me on a little bit to introduce Amy. Hi, Amy. So, Amy, do you want to just tell us a little bit more about your experience of radiotherapy and, and the treatment you received a little bit? Yes, so my radiotherapy followed surgery quite quickly afterwards, actually. And it lasted for six full weeks. So Monday to Friday is like going to work pretty much, not nine to five. But yeah, I needed to commit myself to six weeks going to the radiotherapy department. And throughout those 30 days, the first one or two weeks were kind of okay. I even felt completely normal after the first few days. And I thought, oh, that is quite easy. And then by the time it was week number four, like just halfway through the treatment, it started to feel like a struggle, even though I got support from my family. 
to take me to the hospital. And then by the last week, last few days, it's really, really dragging my feet to the radiotherapy department. I don't know if it's like someone running a marathon, you know, you're almost at the finishing line, you just need to push through. But, you know, that is for a medal. I don't get a medal at the end of it. I just wanted to get it all done with. So that was quite tough. And during that time, those six weeks, the side effects, because of the toxicity to the healthy tissue, like what David was talking about, the toxicity, the damage was just building up and it was getting more and more difficult with my daily lives. I found it really difficult to swallow, to talk, uh, even to swallow saliva. I'm not even talking about eating. Eating and drinking was a big problem. Very, very tired. So loads of side effects, very acute. And those side effects basically lasted for another few months after the treatment finished. So it was really challenging. I knew it was necessary to save my life to reduce the chance that the, the cancer might come back, but it was definitely not something I would like to go through ever again with that particular under technology. And that's why I'm very interested in listening to David talking about this new technology, still early days, but sounds like huge potential to reduce the suffering of many patients. Definitely, you face quite a few challenges with the side effects of your, of your treatment. And I, I guess, David, what you could look at, uh, like you've mentioned, is if flash radiotherapy could help those challenges similar to what Amy's had in a way of reducing those toxicities, like you mentioned, with being able to deliver treatment a lot more quickly with the machines in very basic term. So I'm guessing that's sort of the, the long term aim is to help with some of those challenges that Amy's had. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, the idea. So basically, conventional radiotherapy issues main issues what amy is, is mentioning so the toxicity in the normal tissues although nowadays we are able to to focus the the beam of radiation quite narrowly narrow in, into the tumor we always expose some bit of normal tissue to to, to different levels of radiotherapy and this is what is creating the toxicity mostly basically the main advantage of plus is, is as you mentioned is that the how quick we are delivering this this dose so basically also it's quite important for, for patients to be really, really stay quiet also, but you know, place they are receiving radiotherapy. In the case of FLAS, because we do this radiation quite quick in the order of milliseconds, it's very easy to target essentially the, the, the tumor part without having any vibration, you know, which can affect the normal tissue. So that will also improve the, the normal tissue toxicity, we, we could see. The thing is there are there are several ways in which we can improve the delivery of flash in the clinic but the, the main the main uh, issue we have here is that we still don't know how flash work in the long term for example so we know we are affecting the tissues in the way that we can kill the tumor with basically more or less the same capabilities as conventional radiotherapy but we don't know yet what are the the let's say the long-term effects in the normal tissue after flash we know already very well after conventional. So at the beginning, we have seen that there are not apparently not many or not at all any toxicity in the normal tissues. But, but this is very early to say. That's why we are now trying to to find out a bit more to see what are what are these these effects. But basically, I I truly believe that if we are able to implement flash in the clinic, it would be a great advantage for many many patients uh, receiving radiotherapy because just basically reducing the time you you guys spend then during the treatment it will be a huge advantage you know for for you
And on top of that, if we if we can kill a tumor easily, quicker, without any pain, I think, well, of course, minimizing the pain at all, at maximum, uh, it will be it will be great. So so yeah, I think it would it would help a lot of patients as as Amy. Yeah. Thank you, but Amy. Have you got some questions for David? Yes, I'm just listening with great interest about this millisecond administration of uh, ra radiation to kill the tumor, because I just talked about these 30 days that I had to, to go to the, the clinic every day. And I also heard some other people were suffering from cancer. Those 30 days is not just very tiring, very difficult. They also had other schedules to, to uh, commit to, for example, childcare, or they need to care for elderly parents, like, like really difficult situations. So I just wonder, I know it's still early days, but perhaps maybe not 30 days of treatment, maybe just go there for one week, you know, just cut it down. That would be a massive reduction, you know, from six weeks to one week. And that would just free up people's time to do other important things in their lives. Is that a possibility, David? Yes, that, that is the final aim. Actually, if I'm honest, the idea the in an ideal world would be just one single dose of radiotherapy to kill the tumor. But of course, this is a very early stage for, for me to say that. But this is the, the, the main thing, because if we are able to deliver such a huge dose and we are able to kill the tumor cells immediately with this radiotherapy treatment, that would be more than enough for, for the patient you know, to, to get rid of the tumor and, and actually even get less toxic effects on the on the normal normal tissue but of course this is just a very 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 realistic uh, assumption uh, i'm saying here so we have seen so far in some of the, the clinical experiments we're doing in the lab how flash is affecting normal normal tissues in vitro so human tissues we, we, we work with human tissue primary human tissues from from donors and patients and, and we do see that of course because this is radiation so we are able to affect cells normal cells so we need to be very careful okay uh, and to work you know with this detail to, to know to understand how how this this new technology is working and how we can control i don't want to go into detail but basically you might know that there are several type of radiotherapy there is not only one type of radiotherapy we can deliver protons we can deliver x-rays we can deliver different things right and, and on flash we can do the same as well we can do flash for protons we can do flash for electrons and each of them have advantages and also disadvantages as, as you may know as everything in the life so basically we're trying now to understand how differential flash technologies like protons uh, electrons can work and in which, in which way they they damage you know the cancer and the cancer cells and not the, the normal cells but also how how easy would be to implement this uh, flash special technologies in the clinic helping patients i mean for example patients with a very superficial tumors will be easy to do radiotherapy with electrons because the, the penetrance is very low so they can just basically hit the top of the tumor so they will kill easily for example skin tumors in the in the superficial area however for more deeper tumors but also quite difficult to access Proton therapy is the most convenient one. And actually nowadays, conventional proton therapy is working really well in, for example, in, in patients with brain tumors, where you know you have the tissue that is quite sensitive around you know, the, the tumor and you don't want to, to affect much the normal tissue. So flash proton therapy is also really promising because we should be able to do 
huge dosing the tumor inside the cavity without affecting the surrounding area. So there is plenty of studies now going on. We have a huge commitment with University of Oxford and Manchester to trying to find out more uh, interesting facts about flash. So I really hope that in a few, let's say in a year or so, we will have some interesting results to show to, to the public to see that this is a really promising technology that we can apply into the into the clinic. Thank you, David. It's interesting you mentioned protons because our last episode, which Amy joined us for as well, was talking about proton beam therapy. So that's really nice to hear that actually the two, what's been developing now and obviously what's still in sort of preclinical, but where the, where that's sort of heading, it's it's really interesting to hear. I have a quick question, if it's okay. With, like you say, being able to reduce the number of treatments per day, like Amy was saying, can we go from like 30 to a week or even like he said, one day? So just for the listeners, there's a there's a word that we call that. It's called hyperfractionation. So that means that we um, reduce the number of times that you come, but it's a usually a higher dose per day. And the extreme versions that is, is having one really high dose, sometimes what they call a stereotactic dose in one go. So what my question is, is that with the use of flash radiotherapy, we're going to also need the more, more introduction of something called adaptive radiotherapy. So that's a case of plan of the day. So rather than having, so Amy, just to explain, is that plan of the day is where you have your CT scan on your, like what you did when you have your mask made and you come for your planning scan. And then each day when they do that, do a scan to check that you're in the right place, they are able to re almost replan at the same time and recalculate the dose based on where you are on your specific day. And that's sort of it been in the development for many years, but it's still kind of getting there. So what I'm thinking is with flash, you're going to have more of a need for adaptive radiotherapy. Do you think, David? That's a good question. But uh, if, I, if I'm honest, uh, I have no idea. That's my, my real answer. Okay. But if you ask me if I can guess about, about that, so basically the, the idea, if, if we think about, if we want to reduce the, the, the length of the treatment with flash, because we are able to kill the tumor faster than uh, conventional, which is still not true. Okay. So we are still under the studying how it works. So the idea would be, of course, to, to, to deliver less uh, doses per week, for example. Imagine instead of, you know, Monday to Friday, we have once a week in four, four weeks and we can so of course, what you mentioned, it would be much easier to, to, to apply. We can do CTs, you know, the, the week before, you know, or the Friday before, you know, next Monday, and then you can plan in advance the treatment. But this is a lot to say from me, to be honest. That's fair enough. I think I was reaching quite far there, wasn't I? <laughs> Amy, did you have another question? Yes, I realised um, there is something that is always on my mind about more long-term side effects from radiotherapy. So, of course, I suffered from, you know, dry mouth and very crazily sticky saliva and not being able to eat and, and all sorts of problems during radiotherapy. But in, in, I mean, if worse comes to worse, it's just almost like time limited right? Six weeks and then maybe a few months afterwards. But of course, I also live with lifelong side effects, for example, because of the amount of radiation my skin received during that treatment, I need to be very careful about the sun. 
like with this uh, recent uh, sunny weather, everybody's enjoying that. I have second thoughts about that because of what I heard about the, the proton beam therapy that's coming up with PBT and also now, now with flash. Both of them have promises of reducing side effects, reducing toxicity to healthy tissues. So I just wondered in the context of more long-term or lifelong side effects that many of us are living with right now, is there any chance that flash may be able to reduce that? Maybe not complete eliminating that, but is there a chance to yeah, maybe minimize that? Yes, so basically in the only clinical trial treatment we have seen uh, with a patient, we saw very little uh, toxicity in the normal tissue. We did see some toxicity, of course, but compared to conventional radiotherapy, it was minimal. So basically based on that which is just single you know num and number one we we expect to have reduction a huge reduction in the in the toxicity into the the normal tissue even long-term responses after radiotherapy so we are basically understanding this long term because we are focused to understand what is the the quick or the rapid effect of flash in tissues both in in the tumor and in the normal in the normal cells but also more important in, in uh, regarding your question is what happened at the, you know, after two months, three months, one year after you receive the radiotherapy, the long-term responses of supposedly the tumor is gone, but we have the normal tissue with being exposed to this radiotherapy. And in your case, you might be suffering for these long-term responses and long-term toxicity. But the idea is that flash should be able to, to minimize that toxicity. But we still need to see because we don't have enough you know, number of uh, studies to, to show because in, in the in the other side it's also I, I need to be to be clear here we have seen some other studies using animal models for example many of them have shown really really promising results in terms of how flash work how flash is able to to kill or reduce the tumor site but some of them have shown also no differences with conventional radiotherapy we're still trying to find out whether it's because of the experimental conditions or the type of tumors, you know, or or the way they 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 develop, they deliver the, the radiation. But but there are some other studies, not are the, the most of them, but some of them have shown no differences with flash. So we're trying now to understand what are the causes because those studies were you know not showing these great advantages. But basically, one of the main interests in, about flash is also avoiding long-term toxicity of the normal tissue. And this is what we are trying to find out if we can have that, yeah. Thank you. So I guess we've kind of covered how it really changes the day-to-day. -day. So we could potentially have people come through and not have to sp spend as long in the radiotherapy department, not, not as long in the clinic and not as long in terms of treatment duration. So that's sort of how it would change the day-to-day -day standard of practice of radiotherapy. Is there anything else that could maybe change the day-to-day -day of radiotherapy with flash at all, David? Yes, absolutely. So uh, basically, given the short pulses of radiation we are delivering, as I mentioned before, the time the patient is actually supposed to spend into the, the room in the treatment, it would be reduced hugely because we are delivering 90 milliseconds of radiation. So we don't have to be exposed for such a long time under the, the radiator. That would be one of the main advantages. I know from, from people I, I know before being exposed to radiotherapy, depending on some type of tissue, they need to have this kind of armor, you know, to maintain the head and the body really still. And I know people that are really 
feels anxiety because of this type of things. They need to stay for a while. With Flash, ideally, it would be, if not necessary, maybe it will reduce the amount of time we have to put the patient in this situation, which would be a, a huge improvement in, in terms of the, of the treatment. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. We would a lot we get a lot of people especially my experience in the pre-treatment so when people come for their planning scan there's a lot of anxiety with the masks and the masks being made I would think that we'd need to think about the materials that we make it with especially if it's been delivered that quickly but if they're on for a lot less of the time I know Amy you had a mask made for your treatment if it's on for a lot less of the time we could potentially reduce that anxieties Amy do you have anything to add? Yes, because when David mentioned about being less, being still inside that machine, whatever the machine is called, um, in my case, it's for about two to three minutes, not very long. Um, and it wasn't difficult just to lie down for that period of time. What became difficult in my case for a head and neck cancer was, I think, towards you know, maybe the week of week four or onwards, because my throat was so damaged. I sometimes felt really itchy. I mean, it was really itchy and I felt like I wanted to cough, but I knew I should not move because the radiation is actually targeting that kind of area. Any slight movement, that radiation would just go astray, right? So it was so difficult not to cough, like to cough or not to cough, that was the, the question. <laughs> so if in in the case of flash, when it's just like, boom, you know, did you say 90 milliseconds, David? I think I, I could live with that, you know, within 90 milliseconds, probably I would not have the urge to cough. And, and that would be so much easier because it's just something always on the, at the back of my mind, like, like oh, hold it, hold it, right? It's nearly done, don't cough. And yeah, I, I think for, for other, patients may be suffering from like head and neck cancers with a similar experience you know that will be a big relief. I agree Amy and, and as well like those that have lung cancer tumors as well which one of their symptoms is is like a cough or or things like that you know that that's in the back of their mind as well like oh, to cough or not to cough so yeah it, I definitely agree it, something that's delivering that quick and there's lots of other considerations of how to keep people still and and probably a lot of other things in the future but yeah it's interesting to hear that for now of, of of where where the delivery of treatment could go to sort of wrap up I guess the main question is David is where do you see flash radiotherapy being in the next five to ten years perhaps a, a tricky question maybe it is indeed it is so I I will expect you know at least to have the first preclinical treatment in place by let's say 10 years, I will say 10 years. When I mean clinical trials, I, I meant proper clinical trials with more patients, you know, and having a, a really well support based on preclinical data on, on animal models and in vitro, which we are now working on. So I, I truly expect that by five, 10 years, we should start seeing more clinical trials that will allow us to say for sure, this is flash. This is how flash work works, and this is uh, the way we can improve uh, treatment in, in the clinic. Brilliant. Thank you. Is there anything, Amy, you would would like to see in the next five to ten years, based on what David has said? I think what I sensed is a lot of hope. If we talk about five to ten years, 
I will be in my 50s when cancers are more likely because you tend to get more cancers when you get older. Having gone through the experience once, I don't want a second one, but if I do get one, let's say like breast cancer, which is quite common in the, the female population, I feel less scared because whatever treatment will be available then must be much better than what I experienced, much more advanced, a lot more, I won't say comfortable, but less suffering in general. And looking at, let's say, my friends or my friends' children, you know, people in my family, if, you know, touch with if they get cancer, I also feel more hopeful. Catch it early. And we have all these new treatments coming along. Okay, not helping people who are suffering right now. But yes, for the future, I'm definitely seeing more hope. I think that's what most of our research is looking towards. It's just hope, isn't it? Hope that we can just make things even just a little bit better every single time, just sort of looking to the future. So I think that's a nice way to wrap up, I think, David. Do you agree? Absolutely. I just want to, to say that it's been a real pleasure to, to meet Amy and hear her, her story, which is really impressive. And I I really I really like, you know, listening patients because this is the way you you keep, you know, coming every day to work thinking, okay, this is gonna be cool, this is gonna be good for for people's lives. So I really appreciate your time. And also thanks to David. That's why we have hope, right? Exactly. What what would we do without you, David, eh? Thank you very much for joining us and we'll hope to see you in the next episode.